On today's podcast, we have Micah and Biz joining us. We're going to be talking about bisexuality, pansexual Christians, confused Christians, curious Christians, and all of the like and all the sort of that. They have a lot to share. They have a lot of their story to share. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear from them. Let's dive on in. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast today. I am sitting here with Micah and Fizz, and <laughs> uh, we're going to see how this goes because we've already been talking for a little bit and we can't control ourselves. Mainly they can't control themselves, but I will include myself in that as solidarity on this podcast. But before we get into your jokes uh, and your thoughts <laughs> about it stuff, um, can you, oh, and by the way, we're talking about bisexual Christians, bisexuality today, um, but before we get into all that, Can each of you take a turn and explain a little bit about who you are, where you came from? I don't know. Whatever you want to share. Yeah. So my name is Micah, and I'm from the Chicago area, but specifically Wheaton, like Wheaton College. Nice. And for anyone who knows Wheaton, legend has it, we are in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the most churches within a town. So that gives you an idea of what that's like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I, I grew up... A pastor's kid, which I loved and I'm really grateful for, but definitely had an impact on the ways I thought about sexuality and yeah, so admitting to being bisexual, that was that was a time. And <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get into that later. We will get into that. Um but yeah, so grew up in Wheaton my whole life and then went to a Christian school and that's where I'm at now. And I'm talking about the <laughs> Gay community as much as anyone will listen. <laughs> it's true. She does talk about it a lot. Um, yeah. Hi, my name's Biz. I grew up in Portland, Oregon. Um, I come from a very mixed, blended family of divorce and remarriage and adoption as well. Uh, so a lot of family dynamics happening there. Um <laughs> <laughs> What uh, we don't need to go into like the the deep. We're not stuff. we're not going into that. Let's let's say you know what what are you doing now? What do you want to do with your life? Tell us that. That's less deep. <laughs> less, maybe less, well, how long do we have? Geez. Maybe less family wounds. I don't know. Um, we all got family wounds. We don't need to start the podcast with those. We'll get into that like midway through. Okay. Um. Yeah, so now I'm in college. I go to a Christian university mm-hmm. um, studying film and game design. Lit. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. very male-dominated field, but we're making our way through. That's why through. I said lit, because it's like a cool, cool thing to say. That's what my friends tell me. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Do you feel satisfied with that? Yes. Okay. <laughs> you want to keep that in? No. Okay, we might cut that out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's keep moving, because people want to hear about stuff, because they're like, whoa. You are sitting in a room with two bisexual slash curious slash confused Christians, and confused. there's not just fire burning up the whole studio because of, you know, oh, the Lord's <laughs> Romans <wrath>. 1. <laughs> um, but so we're here, and we're talking about it. We're talking about, you know, bisexual Christians, curious Christians, confused Christians, pansexual Christians, demisexual Christians, all these words that a lot of you listening might have never heard of or have no idea what they mean or how are they different. Um, so before we get into all of those things and your guys' story and your thoughts on it, can you guys maybe explain what the different terms are and what they mean and why they matter? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, so mostly in the Christian community, I call myself bisexual because 
it's not the most accurate word to describe my sexuality, but it's the one that Christians can understand easiest. Um, so it means I'm attracted to both men and women. Bi means two. Um, but it's slightly different than pansexual. Pansexual means you're attracted to all genders. And a lot mm -hmm. of Christians will respond to that like, but there are two genders. So mm -hmm. it's the same thing. No, it's not. Um, so pansexual and bisexual to maybe a binary Christian framework is the same thing because they're yes, not acknowledging an right. existence of other genders. But pansexual is saying, hey, there's more than two genders and I'm attracted to all of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it may look the same to some Christians, but it's not in actually how they're thinking about it and processing it. For right. Sure. So I would say pansexual is a more accurate word for my sexuality because I like whether or not people identify as male, female, or anything in between like I can't really I don't have an influence on that I can't tell them how mm -hmm. to identify and so in an attempt to acknowledge their identification um I use the word pansexual and because I'm still attracted to them no matter how they identify mm -hmm. so that's true that's helpful that's helpful what about like the the curious and confused community? <laughs> like, how do they fit into all of this? They are valid. Yeah, they <laughs> like, are valid. Obviously, obviously they, they love fit you. in. They fit in. But what what exactly can you define that for us? I would say it's just a relatable experience because we're all like, I still can't fully describe my sexuality. I. The words yeah. I use change. And, mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes I feel more comfortable with this word in a certain part in my life. Or mm -hmm. you can um, re-identify because it's a spectrum. And plus um, you learn more yeah. about yourself every day. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of stigma around um, using a different label after you've used one for a long time. Um, because you have to come out like again in a sense. For sure. And so it can seem a little invalidating um like the people around you might see it as invalidating because they're like oh but you told us you were this one thing but now you're not mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. fact that you can change and that's completely valid i think a lot of people have a hard time coming to terms with that and understanding mm -hmm. that your sexuality is fluid and can change mm -hmm. and when they're like well what next tomorrow you're going to be like a giraffe or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you going to be attracted to this thing tomorrow it's just like that's that's not helpful yeah. um, and for those of you who are listening you may be like i've never been confused about my sexuality or curious about my sexuality or just not certain i would probably guarantee that you're attraction level is going to change in 20 years um like you're not going to be attracted to the same type of person and if you're listening right. to this and you think i'm only attracted to women or i'm only attracted to men there's a good chance you're only attracted to probably a certain type of women yeah. or a certain type of man so even <clears throat> it's not all women that you're attracted right. to it's like, just oh, yeah. this type will change you know it's a five foot change. seven blonde surfer you know that's my type <laughs> but the six foot nine you know non-surfer is not my type that isn't, yeah. That's probably not an example um, that's helpful, <laughs> but but I think it shows like you're not attracted to every type of the gender. <laughs> yeah, right. um, it's not just oh woman I'm attracted to that. It's it's probably a certain type. So for you guys yeah. that that makes sense because you're saying attraction is kind of on a spectrum. Yeah, um, and most. Most people, I would argue at some point, I know this is true of my story. When I was in middle school and high school, there's moments where I'm like, man, am I am I attracted to men? Like <clears throat> you have some desire get evoked in you. Um, and maybe that doesn't stay or doesn't linger. But to say that you've from day one only been attracted to all women at all times. Yeah. It's like that's 
you're probably not that self-reflective on what your experience has been with desire. And I'm not trying to force anyone who's straight and fully straight to not be that. You should question everything you no, know. No, no, but just be more reflective. Like we all have desires that rise up in us. And it's a very modern idea of being just a kind of one set orientation person. Even though you might disagree with me, go read some history books and read how they express sexuality. This is a very new phenomenon of kind of this you're only attracted to women or only attracted to men. Um, right. There was normally a, a base level and you had some others that, that played onto that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, oh, another word, demisexual. Yes. Demisexual, I forgot about that one. Yeah, so that one's also one that I'm not super educated on, but as far as I understand it, and it could potentially apply to me, it means that you're only sexually attracted to someone if you are like emotionally attracted to them yeah like you've established a relationship beforehand and some people will look at that and be like well duh you don't want to be with anyone you don't really know and like yeah i get that but for a lot of people that emotional connection Mm -hmm. is very closely tied with like sexual connection and but for me i think what defines it is that like i am not turned on at all by anyone that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like <laughs> understandable like people who hook up and stuff i like i would find no sexual pleasure in that mm-hmm. yeah so i don't know if that means that like shows that i could potentially be demisexual i don't know if that means i just want emotional intimacy which is weird to admit <laughs> and <laughs> we all want it micah but <laughs> oh my gosh but you know that's yeah. another word that people might use to describe themselves and it deserve some more research yeah yes i feel like it's not as widely known as like bisexual or pansexual or lesbian or gay but it's one you can use to identify yourself yeah and if you're listening to this and you're like why do all these labels matter and why does it matter that we call people by the labels they may want to call themselves it's like okay say for a sec like for a second here you're a dentist like that's really accurate but i walk in and i say oh hey you're a teeth cleaner like that's all you are like, no, I'm a dentist. And it's like, well, why do all these things matter? And it's like, well, the, the dentist yeah. title is more accurate to what their experience is of what they're feeling or what mm-hmm. they're doing. Um, and so just to, like, demean someone and say, no, I'm going to call you by what I think you're doing, which dentist, you're just cleaning teeth. That's all you're doing. It's just not this special thing. It's just not helpful. It just shows respect when yeah. you use a person's title. It properly. doesn't mean you agree with yeah. it. It doesn't mean you uh, condone that type of behavior that can result from that. But it's just a respect of like, oh, I'm honoring you chosen. Hey, your name's Christopher and you're asking to be called Chris. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll call you Chris. And <clears throat> even though your birth certificate says Christopher. Um, anyway, that's a that's a different topic on gender. Also, um, if yeah. you ever tell a straight person that they're not straight, look at how offended they get. But <laughs> what? <laughs> just like some people listening to this on my tangent about uh, attraction. Anyway, um, so let's let's move from more concept to story. Um, because I think people can hear concepts and they might be like, okay, yeah, I can see that. But I think story is what really conveys respect. It conveys understanding, it conveys love. So what has this been like for both of you in just your journey, um, realizing who you are, realizing who you're attracted to, and then also with those two being involved in a Christian community, that's normally not the best place um, for those things to take place. Yeah, um, I found out that I liked women in more than like a friendship way when I was like 16, 17 and I was away from home at the time. Um, And I really struggled with trying to figure out 
what I was feeling because growing up, I grew up in um, like the church and went to church every Sunday. And I knew a little bit about like homosexuality and human sexuality in general. Um, Yeah, the first time I ever saw like a girl kiss a girl or a boy kiss a boy was in Katy Perry's um, firework (laughs) music video. And um, I ended up thinking about that days later after it I had watched it. It wasn't in the I Kissed a Girl music video. It was I in... don't think I saw that one. Okay, you probably weren't allowed to watch that one. Probably not. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I was thinking about that days after I had seen the music video when I was like seven or eight, maybe. And like looking back now, like that was a sign. Like, why was I so fascinated with that? You know? Because um, I've watched that music video, have no recollection of that happening. Yeah. You pay attention to what you want to pay attention to, and I guess I was looking for that. I don't know. It just happened, yeah. Yeah, so I was 16, 17 when I realized that I was not straight, and I had a really hard time wrestling with that because I had not been taught any of the words, any of the labels, how you would even go around um, like wrestling with those feelings and like desire and things like that and like possible lust because purity culture was also on the rise at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recently when I was 19, I did come out to my parents, um, my dad and my stepmom first, and then my mom later. Um, my dad and my stepmom did not take it very well. They didn't even see it coming. Like it seemed to hit them out of the blue which is kind of funny to me because it's like there's so many signs growing Mm -hmm. up when I was Mm -hmm. little Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think possibly they were blind on purpose. Like they didn't want to admit it to themselves either. So when I came out to them, um, I was met with silence. My dad didn't talk to me and he didn't feel comfortable being in the same room as me. Hmm. And that really hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, to this day, we're still trying to repair our relationship because that was such, like, a dagger to the heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I told my mom a couple months after I told my dad and my stepmom because I needed to heal and I couldn't have both the, like, parental relationships crumble for me. I didn't know, like, I don't know what I'd do if that happened. So I waited a little bit to tell my mom. I told her in the car, um, like, the day before I left to go to college. And she, (laughs) it was the complete opposite. I was met with so much love, so much Mm. acceptance. Like, Mm. we hugged and we cried. And I was like, I'm so sorry I told you so much later than my dad because, like, because I was hurting and I wasn't ready. And I couldn't open myself back up. Like, I still had to heal. And she was, like, totally understanding she like apologized because like for my dad's actions and really non-action. Yeah. Um so that was great. And so me and my mom have a even stronger relationship after that. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been blessed with a much better coming out story, but honestly, I've heard more stories that are along the lines of bizzes where it's a lot of heartbreak and misunderstanding. Um, but I realized I was bisexual in eighth grade and 
growing up in the church and a pastor's kid, I was very much raised on like black and white ideologies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so when I realized, I was like, okay, so there's clearly a right thing to do in this situation. I'll just pretend it doesn't exist and I'll never date a woman and I'll (laughs) hide it forever. It's just between me and God. And since I have it totally under control, Uh, no one needs to know. (laughs) Yes, we've all tried that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And so um, I was in the closet for about five years and the only person who knew was my best friend, Ellie. And she was the only person I could be totally open and vulnerable with. And looking back, that was not a good idea. But Ellie was awesome and she helped me come to terms with so many things in the time that I needed um and then my freshman year of college I came out to my parents and I knew they would react well because I know who who they are as people but Mm. I was still so nervous about it and I was shaking when I told them um and they responded with so much love and they made it clear to me that they do believe that homosexuality is a sin, which I knew about them. And so I was ready for that. But also they set, just reminded me overwhelmingly that they love me and they accept me and they just want to be in close communication with me and understand mm. what I'm experiencing. Yeah, And they worked so hard to ask questions, understand the language that I'm using, and they read books about it and asked for book recommendations from my Mm. professor, who I also came out to later on because he's just my mentor and he's great. Um, And so, yeah, that was really awesome. And it makes me angry that most queer Christians don't have that kind of response from their parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So So you guys are both at a Christian university. that is not the most fond of LGBT plus uh, Christians. So what has it been like? I mean, maybe not even talking specifically about the university, but this is a greater cultural Christian thing. What has it been like now in your life? You've already come out to both your parents. You've probably come out to a lot of your friends. Um, Most people who know you know. But what has it still been like in the now? What are you actively processing day by day in terms of how you're experiencing Christian culture and how you kind of fit into that? Yeah, um, we like to call ourselves like the gay campus angels. <laughs> um, we are the faces. We I we kind of self fulfilled prophecy. Like we got ourselves into it on purpose, and then we just kept it going. Um, it's true. We, I think, because we're so open about it and so loving, and since we have both very different experiences, um like queer Christians on campus do come up to us because they know that we're safe and we'll understand and we'll Mm -hmm. meet them where they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've made so many friends um, like by the queer Christians coming up to us and wanting to know more and like wanting to just tell us where they're at. But also um, when I try to educate people, I want to be very like, like I, you can get it <laughs> accessible there we go to um just the people on campus who may have never interacted with someone in the community um i mean it's highly unlikely that they haven't interacted but at maybe some they didn't point, know but maybe yeah, they, they didn't, didn't know, know or yeah. something like that so i want to be like very down to earth and able to answer their questions and so that they're not 
so they don't offend somebody in the future. Mm-hmm. Like I want to mm-hmm. educate them so that they can go out into the world and show more love mm-hmm. and not um, like hate or anger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have personally loved being out at my school. I'm not very out at home in like my home church or home community, but like at school, I have loved it because of just how many people I've gotten to know and how healing it's been for me as well as other people and just discussing the topics and acknowledging that it exists. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I haven't received any pushback on campus, thank goodness, but like the only um, like attacks that I've received have always been online because people are (laughs) so much ballsier online. (laughs) And (laughs) they, yeah, so in person, people are always very nice and it's pretty good, so. Mm. Yeah, so maybe I... all those Facebook arguments aren't actually worth it. Oh, what? Oh, not at Who would have thought? <laughs> maybe you actually need to see someone's face to have compassion and love oh and gosh. empathy. Yeah. Wow. A concept. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't gotten any hate either. I think I do get a little bit of shock when I do tell people <laughs> I'm in the community because I look very straight, mm-hmm. which is kind of a stupid idea to me. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have long hair. Like I mm-hmm. don't dress full of rainbows. Like we're not, <laughs> not all stereotype. Like you're not you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they're always like, "Oh, I didn't even think about that." They're like, "Oh, I didn't know." And I'm like, "Yeah." Why aren't you wearing like cut off shirts? I know and... flannels. You know, like. <laughs> Honestly, I work so hard every day <laughs> with all my piercings, tattoos, and like just gay flannels, just making it clear, you know? Yeah, and then sometimes when they like don't get it when you've hinted multiple times, it's like <laughs> I've made all these jokes and you still don't. <laughs> yeah, like for me, it's sometimes you have to like turn guys down, and I'm like, I don't know how to tell you besides <laughs> that I'm literally not attracted to you. <laughs> And not like, oh, it'll grow on me over time. No, it's like fundamentally, (laughs) I'm not into it. It's not me either. This just isn't working. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, oh, but we can still be friends. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be friends with you. But no, it cannot go anywhere past that. Because guys often want to be friends in hopes that they'll kind of win you over eventually. Like, I'm a great person. I mean, I get it. <laughs> I get why everyone wants to be friends with me. I get it. It makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah. Even with all your piercings and rainbow tattoos and, you know, all the stuff you have yeah, on you. you know? Yeah, you So, um, okay. So, I know, like, some Christians listening to this might be wondering, because we've, we've used a lot of, like, identity language. We've yeah. used a lot of, I am a bisexual Christian. I am a curious Christian. I'm a pansexual Christian. Um, and a lot of them say, well, why would you identify with a sin? <laughs> That's never a first thought. So hold on before, before we get into that, uh, <laughs> even if we're avoiding kind of the theological discussion on whether or not, you know, same sex sexual behavior is a sin. Why is identifying as these things? It's like a, it's a neutral thing. Why, why would you say this is, this has nothing to do with even sin categories. It's just a neutral thing. <sighs> <laughs> Oh, I have so many thoughts, and I don't know if I can fully avoid theology, but... That's okay. I'm just saying don't focus solely on theology. Anyway, (laughs) it's just, you know, God did release us from our sins, and my identity is in Christ, all facts. Mm -hmm. God bless. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not... It would also be kind of an insult to the way God has created me in order... if. 
I just like denied who he made me to be. And I do think God was very intentional in making me attracted to so many people because it has grown my relationship with him. It has connected me with a lot of people. It has helped me educate so many people in the church and show love to a community that doesn't often receive it. And Mm -hmm. like so many good things have come out of this and there's so many good things about who God has made me to be that I want to acknowledge those things and they are part of my identity. And mm-hmm. yes, Christ mm-hmm. is the core of my identity. Yes. And there's yeah. Christ alone. You don't <laughs> add anything to Christ. Yes. I, yeah. I'm not a heretic, but. <laughs> I disagree. Okay. Well, kidding. you're I'm wrong. I'm not here to disagree. <laughs> but I, it's just so necessary to fully understand who God is, who he made us to be, and who the church is and what we are made of. To understand all those things, we need to be in close communication with ourselves and who we are and who God made us to be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Like, I agree. <laughs> um, but also in, like, not as theology-based, there's also, um, like, a safety that kind of comes with identifying yourself under one label. Mm-hmm. Um, Even maybe an honesty yeah and like um sometimes it's really hard to admit it to yourself Mm -hmm. um i know i personally struggle with a lot of internalized homophobia Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to be honest with myself and call myself out when i'm doing things that are like that are my internalized homophobia come to life Mm -hmm. but when you attach yourself to a label it's like that's the one like solid little safety boat in the ocean because so much is happening with your emotions and um, like trying to figure everything out. That's like once you attach yourself to the label and you feel that it accurately is who you are, it's like that's the one little safety that you can keep coming back to when you're Mm -hmm. still struggling with everything else. Yeah. Like, yeah, your label can change, but then you just have a different (laughs) boat to continue the metaphor. Yeah. Also, like, language is just so important. Like, I'm an English major, so hear me out. But, <laughs> like, how am I supposed to describe my experience to you if I don't mm-hmm. have the language to do mm-hmm. it? Right. Mm-hmm. How am I supposed to connect with you? How are you supposed to understand me if you think that, like, oh, no, pansexual, you can't use that word. Well, that word is accurate. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. same-sex attracted doesn't fully encompass my experience. And in order to understand myself and for you to understand me i think we should let labels exist yeah and it labels don't have to be inherently about behavior for one thing oh yeah um it's about experience but two it's like okay if you're listening to this and you're like you can't identify as gay you can't identify as lesbian you can't identify as bisexual or pansexual well do you identify as american (laughs) because i would argue that uh, america that identity can be a very neutral identity like but there's a lot of things no, about you're insulting um, God. <laughs> it's true. This is God's nation. Um, <laughs> One nation but, under God, right? That's true. Um, even though they're all deists. But um, there's an aspect of like, okay, what America can stand for a lot of good things. Like there's ways to like identify as an American without sinning. But also America is like big into consumerism, like materialism. Like we're not great at helping the poor. We do bomb other countries and kill innocent civilians. So if you identify with America... No one would say that, why are you doing that? That's a sinful identity. Um, Or you identify as a lawyer. Like, hey, tell me about yourself. Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm a lawyer. Don't identify as a lawyer. Lawyer's sin. 
it's like that's true um lawyers half their job is maybe sometimes even like lying or doing different things that they can do greedy corporate practices but no one would ever ask anyone in any vocational field or anything that's true about their experience to not identify in that way except when it comes to who you're attracted to um which to me you can have a difference of opinion on whether or not the action of that orientation or the action of that identity leads to sin sure but if you're just saying hey i'm pansexual which means i'm attracted to all people there's nothing in that (laughs) that is most christians should all agree there's nothing in that that is wrong or or sinful um it might not be the quote-unquote ideal Mm -hmm. um but there's nothing in it that is that is bad or evil or wrong anyway um (laughs) i just i get mad because we identify with so many things that aren't Christian, um, yeah. so many things that aren't Christ-like even. But when it comes to your experience and maybe everything else in your guys' life, you identify as only, it's, I'm a Christian and I'm a bisexual. That's it. You are almost more true in your identity than someone who identifies as a, a lawyer, American, uh, basketball player, jock, you know, all these different things we use as identity labels. Um, and it just bothers me that we're almost making people disassociate, saying that's not true of how you're experiencing the world. That's not yeah. true. It can't be true. You don't actually like both genders. That's not allowed. When it's like, hey, I'm not even saying I, I'm i having sex <laughs> with both genders. <laughs> I'm just like romantically, I see the Katy Perry uh, <laughs> fireworks video and I'm like, wow, that looks nice. You didn't do anything. You just saw it and you're like, your body just said, that's I like that. Yeah. Um, you didn't dwell on it. You didn't sit on it. You didn't go do that with a woman. <laughs> you just saw it and you're like, my body likes that more than when a guy and a girl kiss. Yeah. Um, anyway. <sighs> but also with yeah. labels and like saying, oh, you're not that. It's like it's not about you. It's about the person who identifies with that as that label. Mm-hmm. And by saying that they're not the label that they have chosen, you're like disrespecting them and you're disrespecting the journey it went to get to that label mm-hmm. to find something that they find really is who they are because and that probably, little boat it wasn't easy for them to get to that label. no it is not normally easy to find mm-hmm. out who you are truly when you wrestle with these things on such a deep yeah. level especially when it's like you're finally coming to grips with just who you are like for instance yeah. micah is an enneagram eight well how dare <laughs> you identify with an enneagram eight but it's like no micah spent so much work knowing herself knowing what's true that she's like yep <laughs> like yep. this label accurate is shorthand <laughs> for me explaining all those attributes so instead of like you having to tell everyone well i'm attracted to all genders and i'm it, it, gender is fluid yada instead of having to say all that you yeah. can just say i'm pansexual and it's shorthand yeah um yeah it's kind of lazy <laughs> but it's it's accurate. i'm here for yeah. lazy but also it's like are you gonna get into all that deep stuff with a stranger who you just met no, who asked not. you that no yeah, we and, we yeah. act in abbreviations all the time. And yeah. the whole label conversation also very much, if not more, applies to the whole gender conversation, which is just really difficult to understand. I feel like that's a conversation the church hasn't even approached yet. Yeah. But um, Or possibly don't want to approach. Mm-hmm. T. But <laughs> it's <laughs> when I hear people say like, Oh, they're a woman now? Well, no. I know him as a him, so I'm going to call yes. him a him. Yeah. That's it's, so disrespectful. It's it's not about what you think. <laughs> like, it's not, it's not about, about you at all. <laughs> well, and even for me, 
even taking a conservative stance, not saying I take a conservative stance, but looking from a conservative yeah, stance. Yeah, yeah. Say even you think there are two genders. Yeah. Okay, well, Caitlyn Jenner, I don't think is in the family of God, not because of her gender fluidity, mm-hmm. but just because she doesn't believe in Jesus. So why are we trying to tell Caitlyn, hey, you can't identify as what you feel is accurate, but I need to enforce my gender. Like even when it's outside the church, when it's inside the church, it makes more sense to me, although I disagree mm-hmm. with some of the vitriol and the anger surrounding yeah. it. But when it's people like Sam Smith, um, they <laughs> try to use it accurately. Yeah, good job. They, good, they good. identify as a they, them. And people want to say, no, they is a he. They is a, a him. It's, yeah. it's not that. Because they've identified that in the past. Exactly. And it's like, well, even if you do hold to the, the two binary gender thing, that's okay. Yeah. But like, why don't just, res- is it really that hard to just <laughs> call just them respect. by what they want to call? Yeah. yeah it just, just boils down to respect and you give it to them or you don't give it to them. Anytime yeah. someone tells me they're an American, I'm just going to tell them they're, you're a Christian. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's only one nationalistic identity you can have and that's the kingdom of God. So that's what we're going to do from now on um, on this podcast if anyone ever says they're an American. Got it. Um, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Say, say Christians are listening to you right now. Um, and they've never met someone who is, well, okay. They've met someone, but maybe they never know. And they've met someone who's bisexual or yeah. pansexual. What do you want them to know about you guys specifically? Um, and how can that help them maybe in their journey of, you know, showing love more to people, being more accepting of people? So like, what do you want them to know about you guys? I love Jesus a lot <laughs> and my sexuality has never compromised that. Um, if anything, it's deepened my relationship with God and just, it has led me to a lot of really great introspection and understanding of people. And I am so grateful for my sexuality and I feel really loved when people are, the word accepting is difficult because people Mm -hmm, are like, mm -hmm. I want to accept the person, but not the sin. It's Mm -hmm. like, hmm. No, just focus yeah. on accepting the person. And because yeah. if you accept anyone, they're a sinful human. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, it's not like, you know, you use accept the person, not the sin. So, like, I accept this person and, as a Christian, but not as a gay Christian because of their gayness is sin. Yeah. But it's like yeah. Jesus, if you look at the life of Jesus, he never did that. Because if he had to do that, then every single person he interacted with, I have to say, hey, I accept you as a Pharisee, but not all your other stuff. Hey, I accept you as a tax collector. But yeah, not it's all like the there's stuff. an it's, extra clause yeah, at the end. It's, yeah, it's no. almost like we've created a hierarchy of sins. And so yeah. all it's, sin the, is it's sin. the gay sin or the you know pansexual or bisexual sin that makes it, I can't accept that part of you. When yeah. like, you know, neighbor down the street's got five yachts and four <laughs> Lamborghinis, but we accept him and we don't have to say, hey, I accept you except for your greed. Like no one says that unless yeah. when it comes to sexuality. And so I feel so loved when you just accept me as I am and you work hard to understand me and you ask questions and... I understand that also Christians are very scared of asking questions because they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to ask the wrong questions. Mm -hmm. I'm going to offend. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that'll probably happen. And that's okay. It'll be a learning curve for both of us. That's how you interact with people. That's how you grow. Um, And so I feel really loved when you take interest in how like my experiences and understanding them better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way. Um, I have been accused by my father of doing 
less thinking and more feeling when it comes to my sexuality. And Mm -hmm. I think, uh, let's just nip that in the bud right now. There is so much thinking and so much evaluating that goes on behind the scenes that the person might not even let you into because you're not Mm-hmm. close to them or they don't feel that it's good for the relationship mm-hmm. or you're not safe to even yeah so some people aren't even safe mm-hmm. and that just breaks my heart too mm-hmm. but i'd say just to love the person to love the individual mm-hmm. and i think that's what michael was really saying too um and it's like to respect the journey mm-hmm. and respect their opinion you might not have to agree with the opinion but you need to respect it yeah how do you guys experience God in relationship to your sexuality? Because I think this is a big point because people might be like, yeah, I appreciate your experience, but you can't experience God in this. So what has your journey been like realizing maybe, you know, people might disagree, but you didn't choose to be attracted to who you are. Um, so how have you experienced God in relationship to your sexuality? If anything, God's been like super present with me. The more I get to know myself, the more I learn about how I connect connect with God because we're all created so uniquely and so we're given unique ways in which we can experience God. And so if I deny any part of myself, then I'm missing a way in which I can find God. Um, not that like God is in everything or God is in me and I just need to fully, mm-hmm. fully know myself, blah, blah, blah. No. And you're not saying that you don't deny certain things about your behavior or how you live out, but you're yeah. saying denying who you are yeah. as a person. Because why would God put so much work into making so many different types of people if it wasn't all good in some aspects? Like yeah. God created everyone and he created them good. And so and beautiful, I might add. Oh, beautiful, yes. <laughs> and so it's just... It's so essential that we like explore the wide variety of good things in each person. And for me specifically, with my sexuality, I get to see the beauty in all people. And I mm-hmm. love that. I can see, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I'll keep thinking. <laughs> we'll Tap get in, there. Tap in, yeah. Um, For me, it's actually been kind of hard to see God throughout all of this just because of Mm -hmm. um, like my dad and Mm -hmm. my dad has labeled himself as a very godly man and Mm -hmm. everyone knows him as such. And he works very closely with um, like gospel work and sort of missionary in a way. Mm -hmm. So it was really hard for someone who I respected and loved and saw as a godly man to do something so ungodly and un like he didn't show the love of god that i knew that i needed Hmm. and so it's been really hard to see god throughout all of this but i keep reaching out and i keep seeing like keep educating myself and keep learning i've taken more of like a a loving role because i know that's what god would do he'd come along side the um, less mm-hmm. fortunate and things like that. So I've taken more of a loving and accepting and more of a wholehearted hugging in a way of mm-hmm. those people because it's like I don't want people within the community or not within the community to feel this like 
the lack of love that I felt from my dad and from God. It's like, I don't want anyone to ever feel like that. So if I can embody the, the love of God and show mm-hmm. others, mm-hmm. then it's like, I've done a good job. Like I've done yeah. my job. Yeah. So say someone right now listening to this episode is maybe realizing for the first time <laughs> that they're bisexual or pansexual or curious or even just confused mm-hmm. or they've known for a while, but never really talked to one or they've known and have been out for a while. Regardless of any of those situations, what would be the hope you guys would speak to them right now if you could? Um, regardless of where they're at in that, what would be kind of your hope in this? You are valid. We see you and we love you. Uh, yes. Facts. <laughs> 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 like, uh, it's so hard. There is so much to work through. And honestly, you'll make it and you'll grow so much from it and you'll honestly kind of be better than everyone else as a result <laughs> not be- not because you know the gays are better which we are but <laughs> which we are but that's her eight coming out yeah. uh, or her narcissism mm, i'll take either but <laughs> no i feel like the straight community misses out a lot in understanding themselves and their sexuality because they don't have to deeply contemplate these things hmm. like yeah. the queer that's community awful. does yeah and So I've gained so much of a better understanding of, okay, what does it mean to be single? Can I be happy being single? Um, What does it look like for me to be in a relationship? What do I need in a relationship? And I feel like the straight community misses out on that. And so, yeah, you will be better than the straights. (laughs) (laughs) To sum that up. (laughs) Yeah, I think it gives you a more um, whole perspective on things as well because you struggled with or perhaps you haven't struggled and you have a very accepting family, um, but really come to terms with yourself. And so by coming to terms with yourself, you learn about yourself. You learn so much about yourself and then you can go out and love others around you as well mm-hmm. because you've wrestled with yourself for so long. Yeah. Well, the amount of thought and introspection and self-reflection that you guys have had to go through since you haven't fit the cultural norm, like you're your thought life is already leaps and bounds ahead of most people your guys' age because you've had to wrestle with this. You've had to dive into the gray and figure out how does this all work out. And I'd hope that people, as they get older, that the more and more you get older, the less and less you see the world in black and white. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially the, the less and less you see people in black and white, either good or bad or sinful or not sinful, but rather you see the complexity. Oh, and yeah. the beauty. And, and yeah, and the yeah. beauty in that where there's, yeah, there's brokenness and maybe there's sinfulness, but there's also beauty and there's goodness and there's wounds and there's pains, but there's also longings and dreams. And you guys are having to wrestle with that at much younger age than most people do. And you guys are diving in to the gray, <laughs> to yeah. the world yeah. that's maybe not black and white on how we actually this out. There's not a bisexual biblical clear example of exactly how you're supposed to live this out yeah so because of that you've had to rely on god more you've had to rely on the holy spirit more rely on community more and and actually think through things where for me as a a straight heterosexual male straight heterosexual (laughs) (laughs) normally i say straight white male but since that didn't really apply i said straight heterosexual Mm, Um, extra straight extra straight as an extra straight heterosexual trademark that male um, anyway as that kind of male (laughs) um my path's pretty clear quote unquote in front of me relationally and Mm -hmm. culturally like you either marry a woman or you're celibate but you're kind of less than if you're celibate so you marry a woman um and so it's, it's pretty clear 
what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to bounce my eyes. I'm supposed to not lust. But then once I get married, I can have all the sex I want, yada, yada. Um, but that doesn't actually lead to that much thought and that much right. the gray ambiguity yeah. of sexuality and the grayness of even scripture talking about sexuality um, that you guys, I think, are actually wrestling with. Um, you guys are as not straight heterosexual. <laughs> as, it's not extra straight women. <laughs> Very yeah. not straight. Um, so let's but, move yeah. let's move from the individual to maybe a more corporate church setting. What would be your hope for Christian churches um, in this in this arena? I would hope that the church would just reach out to the LGBTQ community. Um, and in doing so, don't do it like you're their saviors. Like, oh, we're going to fix you. We're going to yeah, make you pray clean. the gay away. That does no, not work. lies. <laughs> Believe me, I tried. Yeah, we I all tried. tried. And I'm still here. It's yeah. like a, when you ask someone to pray the gay away, which no one says pray the gay away, but they normally say, can you like read your Bible more or try harder? Yeah, it's, it's like, insinuated. Don't you, don't you think they've already tried this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Don't you think at a young age they were already trying like and pleading on their knees to, to have God take away this culturally unfavorable thing? Yeah. It's offensive. And yeah. So I just, I want the church to reach out to the queer community and do so in a real, like a really humble way. Like you think you're humble, humble yourself more. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> just. Even I, though Micah just said that the gays are better. <laughs> than everyone <laughs> I don't. Humility advoc- doesn't apply to me. She's advocating oh for gosh. humility. So remember, <laughs> sometimes when we give advice, it's not necessarily to ourselves. You know what? God <laughs> still has a lot of work to do in me and probably in you too. That's but- true. <laughs> that's, that's a more accurate statement. I like that one. Okay. I'll, I'll get <laughs> so off humble- my... Go um, back. Go back to you humble yourself. I'll get and off my throne now. Um <laughs> No, just when I say be humble, like ask a lot of questions, get to know them. And like most of the times they're already really sensitive to the gospel and it's almost triggering and you don't want to even start with that. Like start showing the gospel in your actions before in your words and like just get to know them. Be nice to them. Treat them like a person. Not only see their label, but see the human behind the label. Yeah. And I it just bothers me how much the LGBTQ community has separated themselves from the church because that means we're ostracizing an entire community from accessing the gospel, which is not the mission of the church, complete opposite of the Great Commission, and we need to be reaching everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it starts simply with acknowledging that queer Christians exist. I think a lot of bigger churches want to deny the fact that they're even there. Um, I've been asked, like, how can I even be a Christian still? Which Mm -hmm. really hurt, but um, Mm -hmm. just acknowledging the bare minimum. Acknowledging that not everyone in your congregation is straight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, that seems easy enough. Mm -hmm. And then reaching out and being aware that you don't know everything that you're not right when it comes to this and but also don't put all the responsibility of education on this person Mm -hmm. like reach out for yourself go educate yourself read those books listen to this podcast hello wow (laughs) nice plug but when you you. plug within a podcast it doesn't really work because they're already listening yeah they've (laughs) made it pretty far other (laughs) podcasts okay Uh, many podcasts it makes me it makes me think of 
I mean, this is going to air a little later than when we're recording this, but it makes me think of Kanye, um, <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm going to make the connection. Um, it makes me think of Kanye and how he's seemingly had this radical transformation um, in terms of his thought life and how he views Jesus now and what he's doing. And it's like, okay, but before he gave his life to Jesus, which he said was about in April um, of last year, he was saying some of the most detestable, gross, <laughs> vile things and doing some of the worst things ever. Um, but yet when he, you know, professes faith in Jesus, no one's now saying, hey, you have to go back to every single sin you've done and completely recant them, change your thing. He just came out and said that God gave him a $68 million uh, tax refund, and that's from God, um, which maybe, sure, I don't I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's probably from Donald Trump's tax cuts. Um, I hope God does that for me. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But... No one, I mean, there's some Christians, but the majority of Christians aren't saying, hey, that greed that you just said right there with, you know, God flashing off money, you need to leave that. And you're not a Christian until you do. Um, But with, with, especially I'm thinking of gay and LGBT people who have not yet encountered Jesus and have not put faith in them. We have, we give them so many parameters. They have to go cold Turkey, never have a gay thought ever again (laughs) in order to come to Jesus. Yeah, I know. Um, but it's like, why can't we take the same grace where most people are extending to Kanye and allowing him to just figure out what this Jesus thing is and what it means to him and how he can actually incorporate that into all the <laughs> orientation in his past that he has. Um, but we don't extend that same grace and favor to the gay community. Um, yeah. And there's a lot to say to get into that, but we don't have time for that. So <laughs> thanks. Uh, this is this is fun. Um, and I hope all the people listening to this that they don't necessarily, you know, just become less extra straight after listening to this. A but, straight heterosexual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't, you know. Um, but yeah, I think people are really going to be blessed by this. Um, they're going to be moved by it. And even if they don't agree with everything you guys said, I'm sure you guys don't even agree with each other on some things. I don't agree with anyone on anything. If you um, find someone you agree with completely, like, let me know. That sounds impossible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, but the hope is, I mean, and you guys have brought this across that like, Hey, have actually compassion, <laughs> have empathy, have love, have acceptance, even though you can work out what acceptance actually means. Mm-hmm. I'm going to actually extend that to people who are, isolated, disillusioned, often parentless now, disowned, without a family, they are the marginalized. And that is who Jesus has called us to and for us to just reject them because we're scared of them or because we can't fit them into our boxes. Um, I think we're missing a big chance to see the gospel go forward. So we're going we're gonna to call from here. We hope that my cousin Biz's words today encouraged you in your sexuality, gave you hope for how you can think about the world in relationship to your sexuality, and ultimately made you believe that you can do this, that you can live a life honoring to God and still be something that doesn't fit into the cultural norm. Also, if you ever have any questions or feedback or topics that you want us to discuss and you want to get a hold of us, we have an email listed in the podcast notes that you can email um, and send us your thoughts. So please go on and do that, um, and we'll hopefully incorporate that into some of the podcasts in the future. And as always, may the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound.